Good morning. Let's go to the Lord and word of prayer. Amen. All right, Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10. Anybody want to tell me what we're talking about? The apostles. Good. <laughs> Who said that? You? <laughs> Anybody want to get any deeper than that? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I need Hunter. I need you and Brian to, to be a little bit more uh, vocal because they ain't gonna help me much this morning. Um. Yes, that's right. Talking about Peter. Peter, y'all ready to do this? You ain't been ready the last two Sundays. Are you ready? The brother of, oh my goodness gracious. Brother of Andrew. Okay, they grew up in the city of Bethsaida in the region of Galilee. And sometime later moved to a little bit bigger city called Capernaum and had a, what kind of business? Fishing business. With who? James and John, the sons of Zebedee. Very, look at that. Look at what all we've learned. <laughs> look at all that we've learned. It's only taken us 10 weeks to learn that. <laughs> and by the look, some of you ain't learned it yet. <laughs> all right. We're talking about, we, we've talked about wow moments in Peter's life. I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed it because we read a lot of Bible. <laughs> you may not like that, but you can do it different when you're up here teaching. How about that? Now we're talking about key moments in the book of Acts with regard to the apostle Peter. And we're going to read a lot of Bible. And that's good because that's what matters. As Hunter said, and as I've said many times, my opinion does not matter. Um, what the Bible says does matter. Last week we did talk about, uh, well, I don't know if it was last week or the week before, we talked about Peter preaching it on the day of Pentecost, something he's very famous for. We also talked about, what was the other event we talked about? Anybody remember? We've talked about him and Cornelius, right? What else? There's, there's one that we talked about last week. The healing of the lame man, yep, at the beautiful gate. A fascinating story. And today I want to look at some things. Um, they make me think about, and I think we've talked about it last week, when we talked about Peter being so bold. And how that can be a bad thing, but it also can be a good thing. The Lord is shaping these men, not just Peter. We've talked about it with regard to Peter, but that's because we're studying Peter. I'm going through Andrew now, and I've read some th different things. I'm kind of working on James and John, figuring out which one we're going to do next. And I have found very quickly that the Lord is shaping all these men into what they're going to be and the things they're going to need as they... Now, 
understand what I mean, as they build the church. Okay, the early days of the church are formed by these men that we're studying or that we will study. And they're going to need some things. And the Lord is building those things. And in the life of Peter, a lot of his personal characteristics, you know, um, he had a lot of the things he needed. They were just really raw. And the Lord had to sharpen them things up. Um, you know, I don't know. Maybe think about it. Brother Ronnie liked a bad temper. Most of the time, that's probably a bad thing. <laughs> but depending on the situation, it can be a good thing. If you attack my preacher, you're going to produce in me a bad temper. <laughs> and if you attack the Bible and my Lord, you're going to produce in me a bad temper. So most of the time, it's probably a bad thing. Much like Peter's boldness. A lot of times, it got him in trouble. But it was definitely a characteristic that he was going to need in this book of Acts as we look at him. I mean, who else volunteered to stand up on the day of Pentecost? Which other disciple? None. He did it. He stood up. You, you're going to find, I don't want to give away too much unless I just have to, but him and John together is looking at the, the accounts of Peter and John in the book of Acts is interesting, very interesting. It's easy to think about Peter taking a more dominant role with regard to his brother Andrew, but he takes a dominant role. I don't care who he's with. <laughs> Even when he's with John in the book of Acts, Peter is the, is the dominant one. When we looked at the lame man last week and he was asking alms, he was begging for money. Was it Peter or was it John that looked him in the face and said, look on me. I don't have any money, but I'm going to give you what I've got. That was Peter. That was Peter. And he's going to need it, especially in what we're going to read, some of what we're going to read today. I don't expect you to un us to really understand it all because we're, we're talking about Jewish leaders and we're talking about the Sanhedrin. And we just don't understand that a lot. That doesn't, that's not our background. That's not our culture necessarily. But back in the day, they were, um, I don't want to say the law, but they really were. I mean, for the Jewish people, the buck stopped there. What they said, they were expected to do. I mean, they took God's word and they came up with, what, over 600 laws <laughs> that they made these people live by? So the Sanhedrin had a prominent place, and that can't be diminished. They had a prominent place in the life of these Jewish people. These are Jews, okay? These are not Americans. Like I talked about last week, I asked anybody, no, it's a couple weeks ago, anybody in here from Canada, okay? Americans, we have a rebellious spirit. And in the days we're living in, that's a good thing. Now, we don't need to rebel against the Lord, but you try to force a vaccine on us and see what happens. <laughs> you try to take away our guns and see what happens. We're not going to put up with it. Now, a lot of them will, but many won't. That's the American spirit. Canadians, they want somebody to lead them. I've had, I've had different people from Canada tell me that. Talking with a guy in a hotel one time, and I said, we were talking about different things. Nice guy. Um... And I don't remember what point it was. It was during some of the mandates, maybe right after. 
But, you know, I told him, I said, we just don't want the government in our business. <laughs> and he said, well, we do. He was just honest about it. So these aren't Americans, but it's hard for us to disassociate ourselves with that. But you need to understand, the Sanhedrin was the dominant religious, but also, as far as the Jews go, political party in that time. And what they said went. And you didn't go against the Sanhedrin if you were a Jew. Yes, sir. We, I said a while ago, the buck stopped there. They did it. So let's look at what these guys do. If you didn't already know, the Pharisees didn't like Jesus too much. <laughs> Neither did the Sadducees. That's two different groups now that believe different things. You can study that like, as, you, as you'd like. Um, but a lot of times, you'll see in the book of Acts, <clears throat> we'll, we will talk about Paul. I like what Paul does. Paul, Paul, Paul works them against each other. <laughs> and they'll bring Paul before them. And Paul knows. Paul knows what the Pharisees agree on and what the Sadducees agree on and what the two groups don't agree and when they're on Paul about something, he's real good about bringing up something that one agrees on, the other disagrees, and they get to arguing with each other, and Paul's gone. So I like that. But Pharisees, Sadducees, ruling body. Let's look in Acts chapter 4. We're talking again about key moments in Acts regarding the Apostle Peter. And we're going to read Acts chapter 4. Now, Peter, Peter has just healed the lame man we talked about last week. But not only that, thousands have been saved. And have become part of the church. And the Sanhedrin does not like that. So, verse 4, I mean, verse 1 of chapter 4. And as they spake unto the people, the priests and the captains of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. Now, why would they... I'm not going to ask that question. I'll just tell you. The Sadducees didn't believe in the resurrection from the dead. That's one of the things they differed on, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, although they make up the Sanhedrin now. Different, group, different, different parts of the Sanhedrin are made up from people from both of these groups. But the Sadducees didn't believe in the resurrection. Hence... Them being part of this where it says they didn't like the fact that they were preaching the resurrection from the dead. Now, they also didn't believe in angels. But they didn't believe in the resurrection from the dead. Verse 3. And they laid hands on them, and they put them in hold unto the next day, for it was now eventide. Howbeit many of them which heard the word believed. 
and the number of the men was about 5,000. That is not Pentecost. That's in addition to those thousands that were saved earlier. And it came to pass on the morrow that their rulers and elders and scribes and Annas, the high priest, and Caiaphas, and John, and Alexander, and as many as were of the kindred of the high priest were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, them being Peter and those guys that were preaching, okay, when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power? Or by what, what name have ye done this? Then Peter. It did not say John. It didn't say Andrew. It didn't even say James. Peter. He speaks up. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man. What's he talking about? The lame man that we just talked about last week. Okay? If we be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all and unto all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation. If you don't have this verse underlined, you should. Neither is there salvation in any other. Don't tell Oprah that. <laughs> don't even tell Sweetie Pie that. What's his name? Uh, Osteen. Don't tell him that. They believe there's multiple ways. This verse says there's not. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given, un given among men whereby we must be saved. I want to stop there just a second because it, it, it amazes me. Peter's boldness here. They asked, by what name are you doing all this? And the answer is, Jesus Christ. Well, why didn't he just say that? Why didn't he say, Jesus Christ, whom you crucified? <laughs> why did he throw that in there? He had some fire about him. <laughs> and it's true. Whom you crucified? Yes, ma'am. Right, that's right. Filled with the Holy Ghost. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. But I want to point that out. He didn't just say Jesus Christ. He gave him an exhortation on the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ here. And he pointed out that they're the ones that killed him. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> and if that wasn't good enough, there's a prophecy about the head cornerstone 
and some builders, and they're looked on negatively in the prophecy. Look what he said in verse 11. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders. Yeah. You know that prophecy where these builders are, we look at them negatively. It's you. That's what he said. Boldness. I like that. <laughs> and then again, verse 12. Neither is there salvation in any other. He's trying to tell them. For there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. It's Jesus all the way. Verse 13. Look here, Miss Peggy. Now when they saw the boldness <laughs> of Peter and John, what's he doing? <laughs> Say, hey, we'll talk about John down the road. We're talking about Peter. But hey, it takes some boldness to stand beside people like Peter sometimes. It takes some boldness for him to even be there. So, verse 13. Now they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived, we've read this verse several times, that they were unlearned and ignorant men. You remember what that word ignorant meant? Like literally in the Greek, literally. What does it mean? Anybody remember? Ignoramus. They were idiots. That's what they called them. They were unlearned when they perceived that they were unlearned, talking about Peter and John, and ignorant men, they marveled. And they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. What, what, what is the deal with that? What's the deal with that, you think? They took knowledge of them that, that they had been with Jesus. Yeah. 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 They. Yeah. Jonathan's saying it's not about us; it's about him, right? And that's the whole point of the apostle study. If you remember, if God can use these men, God can use you. Yes, ma'am. That's right. He was different. It should be. Uh, yeah, yeah, and it should be evident. It should be evident. The Bible says, yeah, old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. That's right. It should be evident. But they marveled because God chose to use these unlearned men. But then they said that they take note that they had been with Jesus. They had heard preaching like this before from somebody. And his name is Jesus. They weren't preaching something new. They were preaching exactly what the Lord preached when he was here. 
when the Lord was here, he said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Come unto me. One. Doesn't say, Come unto me. And if you don't get what you need from me, go to, ba uh, go to Muhammad or go to Buddha or Baal or Ashtaroth or whoever you want to say. It said, Come unto me. I'll give you rest. Because in him is the only place you find that rest. And that peace. But they took note that they had been with Jesus. And beholding the man which was healed, standing with them. That's the man we talked about last week who was healed at the beautiful gate. They could say nothing against it. There was no denying it. The man was an old man. He had been this way his whole life. There was no denying what had happened. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? For that indeed a notable miracle hath been done by them is manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But that it spread no further among the people, let us straightly threaten them that they speak henceforth to no man in, in this name. And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. Now, we're talking about application, too, to us. You better take note of what these guys say because it's not without the realm of possibility that you could be faced with this same command in our day. I hope not, but it's getting worse and worse. What are we going to do when they pass a law that says preachers can't preach against gays, against gay marriage, that their lifestyle is sinful, against people shacking up before they get married? It's hate speech. It's a criminal offense. We'll put them in jail. What are we going to do? You better, you better figure out right now. Because if the Lord tarries, that that's going to happen in our country. That's where we're headed. Now, I hope not. But it's going that way at a, at a fast pace. But they brought them in. They said, y'all do not preach. Now, I, I said all I said at the beginning to understand, this was a serious command from these guys. And they were expected to follow it, and they knew what would happen if they did not. And they said, y'all don't preach in the name of Jesus anymore. Not at all. No more. And then in verse 19, But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding nothing how they might punish them because of the people. For all men glorified God for that which was done. For the man was above 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing was showed. Peter and John, that's boldness. They said, you decide. If it's better for us to listen to you or listen to God, you can decide for yourselves. We have to speak it. We can't speak anything but these things we've seen and heard. And so they didn't beat them, but they did threaten them. And they sent them out and said, don't preach in the name of Jesus anymore. Now look in chapter 5. Do you think Peter and John and the apostles are going to heed that command? I'm glad they didn't. <laughs> That's exactly right. 
So a couple of things go on. Um, we're going to start reading in verse 12. There's a desire for boldness here. This is where you have um, Ananias and Sapphira, and we'll come back to that probably, where they lie and God kills them on the spot. But then in verse 12, it says, And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. And of the rest durst no man join himself to them, but the people magnified them. And believers the more, were the more added to the Lord, multitudes, both of men and women. They kept preaching. They kept performing miracles. They kept doing these things. And multitudes more were added to the church. Amen. God kept honoring it. Insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on the beds and couches that at the least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. You get the picture here. They wanted to get... These men were doing so many wonders. And so many miracles ordained by God that they were bringing sick people out into the street so that literally as Peter walked by, his shadow might hit them. Now, it doesn't say that about John. It doesn't say that about Andrew or James or any of the rest of them. It says in verse... 15 toward the end that at the least the shadow of Peter that's who we're talking about passing by might overshadow some of them now I'll go ahead and tell you there's different lines of thought on this one line of thought is, is that there was so much power being done by the Lord through these men that it was possible that some of these people that were brought into the shadow of Peter were healed that's one point of view. The other point of view is that the people just thought that, that the shadow didn't really heal them. I don't have a problem either way. It doesn't matter to me what you, what you think about it. It says that the people brought them into the shadow. It doesn't say they were healed, but it might infer that they were healed. So whatever you think about that's fine. Don't worry about it too much. The point is they thought so much of Peter that they were trying to get these people in his shadow. There, yeah, we haven't got there yet. There came also... <laughs> there came also... <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> oh, oh, No, I didn't. I didn't mean it like that. I was saving something there, and I was going to throw it on you. And you had to out it before I ever got there. There came also a multitude out of the cities round about unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folks, and them which were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed every one. Now, were they healed by the shadow? We don't, we're not told that. Or were they healed by the apostles? Maybe they laid their hands on them. Maybe they said, be healed. 
We're not told that. So either way, it's a big contention, and you may not care anything about it. But there's a big dispute about that. Is it the shadow of Peter? Does it really have that power? I don't know, but it, it doesn't matter. The point is these men were doing so much good and so many miracles and preaching and people were being added to the church at such a rate that people were noticing. And they were trying to get people to these men so that they could hear about Christ, so that they could, they could be healed of their sicknesses and of their diseases. And many were. If you look in verse 16, they healed sick people, they cast out devils, and it says that every single one that was brought was healed. The end of verse 18, they were healed every one. Every one of them that was brought was healed. That reminds me of when we talk about John, I'm sure we'll talk about it, but the Gospel of John, toward the end, it talks about how basically in Jay's language, John says, I wrote a few of these things that Jesus did down, but I didn't write everything. Because if I wrote everything, all the people he healed, all the demons he cast out, all the people that got saved, if I wrote everything, the world wouldn't hold the books. That would be written. So Jesus did much, much, much more than we're told in the Gospels. Much more. And he's done much since. That reminds me when I, when I read this. You think some people got healed? You think some people got demons cast out of them? The Bible says every one. How many did they bring? There ain't no telling. There's no telling. How many came? Let's keep going. We've got about five minutes. Then the high priest rose up. Oh, good heavens. And all they that were with him, which is of the sect of the Sadducees, and they were filled with indignation. That, that is literally a hatred. It, it's almost as strong as the word hate. Indignation. And laid their hands on the apostles. Again. And put them in the common prison. I guarantee nine out of ten of you ain't ever never noticed this next part. But the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth. <laughs> Can you imagine? Now we talked about Peter before. We haven't got there yet. But in talking about Peter, one of the wow moments in his life was when he was chained to two guards. They had just took James's head off. And he's sleeping in prison. Sleeping so hard, the angel comes to get him out and has to strike him to wake him up. And, of course, the chains fall off. The guys stay asleep. What about the guys outside the, the, the uh, door? I don't know. They fell asleep or <laughs> God blinded them. Peter goes right out, right out to the gate. The gate opens by itself. He goes right out. That's not this. This is different. They put these apostles in prison, and verse 19 says, The angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth. I wonder what the guys that put them in prison thought. <laughs> we, had 10, we had 10, 11 guys, maybe 12, chained up, and they're gone. Verse 20, the angel said, 
Go stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. And when they heard that, they entered into the temple early in the morning and taught. But the high... But the, why, did, why couldn't they preach somewhere else, Mr. David? <laughs> because they said, go to the temple. They didn't say stand out in the street. I didn't say they. I, I said they. I didn't mean they. This angel didn't say stand out in the street. He said, go to the temple. Guess who's there? The high priest. And the Sadducees. The ones that just put them in prison. I see nothing of the apostles saying, but, but wait a minute, they, why are we going back? These guys just put us in prison this morning. <laughs> he said, go back. Go back and keep preaching. And that's what they did. They entered in the temple early in the morning, verse 21, and taught. But the high priest came, and they that were with him, and called the council together, and all the senate of the children of Israel. <clears throat> And sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came, they found them not in the prison. And found them not in the prison, they returned and said, saying, The prison truly found we shut with all safety. The doors weren't even open. And the chief priests heard these things. Wait a minute, I think I skipped something. Yeah, and the keepers standing without before the doors. But when we had opened... We found no man within. The guys, the, the, the men standing, guarding the doors of the prison, didn't even know they were gone. <laughs> yeah. I forgot that one, didn't I? They didn't even know they were gone. And so, uh, let's see. Verse 24. Now when the high priest and the captain of the temple and the chief priest heard these things, they doubted of them whereunto this would grow. You better believe. Then came one and told them, saying, Behold, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. <laughs> oh. Then went the captain with the officers <clears throat> and brought them without violence for they feared the people, lest they should have been stoned. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council. And the high priest asked them, saying, Did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? And behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us too late. His blood's already on them and on every one of us. <laughs> he throws a fit. Did I not tell you not to teach in this name and preach in this name? Well, yeah, he did, they, but they didn't listen. <laughs> then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, Now, why does it say it like that? Why didn't it just say, Then the apostles said, when they say when we're given the words that they say, are they all recanting the words together, all 12 of them at the same time? No. Peter's speaking for them, and we're talking about Peter. 
Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. They've already told them that. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom ye slew and hanged on a tree. Him hath God exalted with this right hand to be a prince and a savior, for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses of these things. And so also is the Holy Ghost, whom God hath given to them that obey him. Now, time's sake, I've got to skip the next part, and then we're going to read three verses or so and be done. But they wanted to kill him. They wanted to kill him. And, and could have done so. They wanted to kill him, but a man named Gamaliel stands up and stops it. Now, does anybody know who Gamaliel is? You ever heard that name before? Gamaliel, Gamaliel, however, however you want to say it. He was Paul's teacher. Now, we ain't even talking about Paul yet. Paul is still, Paul, uh, still Saul. <laughs> Hardcore Saul. But the one that he learned from was a man named Gamaliel, or Gamaliel, however you want to say it. He stood up and stopped it. Look at verse 38. He said, Now I say unto you, refrain from these men and let them alone. For if this counsel or this work be of men, it will come to naught. But if it be of God, ye cannot overthrow it. Wise words. Lest haply ye be found even to fight against God. And to him they agreed. And when they had called the apostles and beaten them. Notice that. Beaten them. Last time, they threatened them. This time, they beat them. Beaten them. They commanded that they should speak in the name of, that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. And they departed. This verse amazes me. And they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. They were rejoicing that they were counted worthy to be beaten because they had preached and taught in the name of Jesus Christ. And in 42, when they told them not to speak anymore, if you wonder if they're going to listen, surely they'll listen this time. They've been brought before here twice. They've been threatened once. They've been beaten now. Surely they're, they're done. Verse 42, and daily in the temple and in every house they cease not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. <laughs> they ain't quitting. Now, what are you going to do? Because it's coming. It's coming. Peter, key moments in Acts. With regard to the Apostle Peter. This is the building of the church. Understand that God can do whatever he wants to do with whoever he wants to do it. But God chose to use these men. And if these men hadn't have done this, we would not have salvation offered to us. Period. If it wasn't for the building of the church, we wouldn't be here. I need to take note of the boldness of these men. Especially Peter. Because he had it. All right. Brother Ronnie, you want to dismiss us?